0: You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. and Thanks for tuning in to another episode. I appreciate it. I'm Bill Powers, your host. If you'd like to engage the show, you can do so by emailing me at bill at miningstockeducation.com. And over the past several months, I've received several emails inquiring how to get started in mining stock investing and specifically how to access advisors or mentors that can be of service to new investors that are trying to get their feet wet in this sector. And what I advise for those that didn't email me and haven't gotten my answer is, If you are of the net worth where it would make sense, you could go for a full-service broker, preferably someone like an economic geologist that understands the markets, as well as geology that could help advise your investments. Second would be to engage, subscribe to, and engage with a quality newsletter writer. And my favorite are those that have, obviously, experience. But that will engage you on a personal level regarding your questions about your specific investments or will engage you regarding their recommendations in their newsletter, uh, engage your thoughts after you read their recommendations. And the third and perhaps the most important would be to develop your own personal network. And you do this by attending events, such as we're going to talk today. I'm going to be speaking with the president of PDAC, the Prospectors Developers Association of Canada. His name is Mr. Felix Lee. And this convention is coming up March 1st through 4th in Toronto. The website to learn more is pdac.ca. Forward slash convention, And I will put a link in the show notes. And the reason why you want to go to uh, conferences and conventions is that this is going to help you develop your network. You know, you, this is a multi-day conference. You get to meet geologists, CEO, newsletter writer, analysts. Fellow investors, you just walk the floor, attend the seminars, you're going to bump into people, exchange business cards, and this is a good step for you to begin to develop your own network to where when you have questions about a potential investment, you can email or call uh, these people that you meet. The PDAC is the biggest, the world's biggest mining convention. I believe there was 26,000 people last year or thereabouts that that attended it. And it is, in my opinion, because I have gone to several different conferences uh, that present different value to investors. This is the best conference to go to to get a feel on the the global vibe of the mining industry. And if you have a particular interest in a a sector or a jurisdiction, uh, there's no better conference because you have people from all over the world. If you're interested in Peru, you can go talk to people from the Peruvian government, Um, CEOs that are operating in Peru, or if you're interested in Eastern Europe, you you can find the same. So it's just an excellent conference that I would encourage you to go to the website, check it out if you can make it. It would be an excellent conference uh, to go to. I will be there. This will be my fourth year in a row that I will be attending. Well, with that being said, Felix, welcome to Mining Stock Education. Uh, Congratulations. You are now the 37th president of the PDAC. Uh, Your background is that of an economic geologist with over 30 years' experience. And um, just to further share who you are with my listeners, could you? Share a little more about your background and what was your path to becoming the thirty seventh PDAC president.
1: Uh, well, thank you, Bill. Thank you for uh, for having me and uh, and the PDAC on your show. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I'm an exploration geologist by background. Um, graduated uh, in economic geology uh, back in the nineteen eighties. Uh, I won't I won't give a specific date and uh, and uh, and date itself, but. Um, my road to the PDAC and actually into mining was a bit convoluted. Uh, when I originally was in university, I was uh, I was aiming to um, to uh, to go into the oil and gas industry, uh, and it was around that time in the in the mid '80s that the oil and gas industry took a bit of a nosedive, and by default, um, I ended up in the mining business, and uh, and haven't looked back since. Uh, so. Um, you know, when I came out of university, uh, I didn't really know very much about the mining industry. Uh, so much like perhaps many of your your listeners, um, I came into the business knowing knowing very little about the industry, how it how it operated, uh, what what the various opportunities uh, there were uh, in the business, um, and what I found uh, was that um, many people in this industry are are very very. Uh, kind, uh, they're very generous in terms of sharing their knowledge and their experience and their uh, and their wisdom. Uh, and many took me under their wing, um, and uh, so I am where I am today in this business largely because of um, the industry people uh, and their generosity in sharing their their knowledge and and experience with me. Uh, and so. Um, With that in mind, uh, I decided uh, at one point in my career that it was time to give back to the industry. And and so uh, I joined the board of the PDAC about 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, uh, and eventually... Sort of set set, my, set myself down the path to becoming the PDAC president, and, and here I am.
0: Speaking to mining stock investors, what would be some of the key trends in mining that you think investors should pay attention to?
1: You know, here in Canada, there's there's been quite a number of things that have been taking place. Uh, some would view um, what's happening as as quite a number as, as quite as quite challenging. Uh, the industry hour is full of optimism, so uh, you know where we see challenges, we also see opportunities. So. Uh, you know, some of the exciting things that are happening uh, here uh, in Canada, as well as, as in, the, in the global uh, mining and, and exploration business, uh, is um, the adoption uh, of, of new technologies uh, in, in exploration um, and you know, technologies that are designed to uh, improve the success, uh, the discovery success rate, uh, being able to find deposits much more quickly, much more efficiently. Uh, as well as um, reducing uh, overall environmental uh, impact uh, of our activities. Uh, so such technologies might include uh, um, artificial intelligence and machine learning as it's applied to, uh, to exploration targeting um, as well as, uh, as uh, using new technologies um, such as geophysics or geochemistry uh, to, uh, to, to discover the, the deposits. Um, additionally, uh, our industry is making um, a lot of headway when it comes to uh, to building uh, strong and, and mutually beneficial partnerships with uh, with indigenous peoples. Uh, and, and so um, you know one of the um, one of the, uh, I guess you could call it recent challenges uh, facing our industry is is building uh, long-term, Uh, successful relationships within the communities that that we as an industry operate. Uh, And in many times, um, you know, where we operate, uh, we're working with with Indigenous communities. Uh, And so um, it's been, uh, I would say, you know, quite a a learning curve for our industry, but uh, we are getting to the point where I think uh, we are starting to make uh, a lot of progress in that front, so it's it's an exciting time for industry when it comes to, uh, you know, um, sort of providing the economic opportunities for for indigenous peoples, uh, and 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 being. A, a, being able to, uh, to allow them to participate uh, in a meaningful way uh, in, in, uh, in the exploration process and, and mining activities.
0: In addition to this positive occurrence, are there any other positive trends or laws that you see occurring in Canada right now? Uh, yeah,
1: well, right now there's, uh, there's quite a big push um, for, for responsible exploration uh, and, and mining practices. So there's quite a big push uh, on the environmental side, on the social side, as well as uh, health and safety performance. Uh, so you know as an industry uh, you know pretty much every company, whether you're big or small, you're pushing uh, pushing forward to improve your performance uh, on uh, in these areas uh, one area that uh, is of uh, you know quite quite exciting uh, to PDAC is uh, is seeing improvements uh, when it comes to uh, performance uh, in diversity and inclusion, particularly with respect to gender diversity uh, uh, and um, and so these are areas that that, um, that you'll see reflected uh, in some of the material or the content at the PDAC convention. Um, so yeah,
0: the industry it is a it is harder for especially a a woman that wants to have a family to really be out there in the bush all the time though isn't it? So how. How, in addition to the laws, is there anything the companies can do to make it more accommodating to females?
1: Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, in fact, actually, um, you know, it, it's 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 hard for uh, you know, depending on on what stage you're at in your career, uh, you may find that uh, you know, male or female, you may find that that the life of an exploration geologist uh, is difficult. So. Um, You know, very early on, uh, when you come out of school, uh, you know, most of us are single, and and we're all eager to get into the the bush and uh, and and work in the field. Um, There comes a point in time, of course, when uh, when we you know we decide to get married, maybe start a family, Uh, male or female. It's difficult when you're away all the time. Uh, And so uh, you're absolutely correct. There are things that uh, that the industry can do and companies can do, and and um, they are implementing. Uh, You know, many companies are taking uh, taking it to heart uh, and making it a little easier. um, As doing the best they can to make it easier for uh, people to find that work-life balance uh, in in the business. Uh, What is helping as well is uh, is again, uh, as I mentioned, um, sort of the adoption of new technology. So there is technology which is coming out that is making it easy or easier for people to. sort maintain a career in the business, uh, while also, uh, sort of keeping your family, keeping your family. So there's new technologies that are uh, being implemented that allow for a uh, considerable amount of remote, um, uh, uh sort of remote operation of, of, mining equipment. Uh, so people can actually operate mining equipment, uh, work in a mine, but work from the comfort of essentially, uh, you know, their home, if you will. Uh, so, from an office environment that's close to home, they can they can essentially have a nine to five uh, working job. So, the industry is is coming a long way. It's it's certainly not what you might think as um, kind of a backward uh, uh, sunset industry. It's it's a very high tech industry. Uh, it's getting increasingly more high tech uh, as new uh, new technologies make their way into the industry. Uh, and um, as such it's becoming a little easier to attract people uh, both male and female at different uh, different uh, sort of stages in their career development uh, to the industry so you know attracting people and hanging on to them are are, uh, are, are a big part of um, our some of the challenges that our industry is facing and and we're taking them head on
0: the mining sector contributes a lot to the canadian economy and so therefore there are many favorable canadian laws such as flow through financing and such that helps uh, mineral exploration but if you were sitting down with some of the governing bodies in canada what would be some of your suggestions for perhaps ways they could further help and improve uh, mineral exploration in canada
1: uh yeah okay that was a that's a very good question so um, there's quite a number of things that PDAC works on, uh, you know, throughout the year um, with with the Canadian government. We're, we we do a lot of work uh, advocating on behalf of the uh, the mineral exploration industry, and so some of the things that we've been pushing for, uh, particularly in the uh, the 2020 uh, uh, Canadian government federal budget, is um, we're really pushing for the government to um, to show or. or, or uh, to show some strong support for the sector's role in uh, in, in in the low carbon future, uh, and so uh, we believe uh, the mining industry, uh, perhaps more than any other industry, is is key to uh, securing uh, and implementing a successful low carbon uh, economy in future. Uh, and so uh, we're hoping that the government uh, can potentially provide. Uh, sort of mineral sector-specific funding or tax incentives to encourage exploration, uh, specifically uh, in or for the minerals and metals that are vital to a low-carbon economy. So this would include things such as battery metals, uh, lithium, cobalt, uh, vanadium, um, graphite, uh, in addition to nickel, uh, nickel, and and so on. So. Um, we would like to see the government provide more support in that area, uh, and additionally, we'd also like to see the government uh, here in Canada provide um, sort of more support in terms of uh, investment uh, in the northern parts of the country, uh, where uh, where Canada really does suffer from a, an infrastructure deficit. Um, without the infrastructure. Uh, the cost of exploring uh, and mining and producing the metals out of the far north here in Canada uh, is quite expensive. And so uh, investment in infrastructure in the far north, uh, we believe will go a long way to uh, reducing the cost of producing metals out of the far north. Um, In addition, we've been really asking the government to support the industry uh, in terms of uh, investment in indigenous communities to, again, further uh, their ability to participate in the sector uh, and uh, and uh, you know make be able to to benefit from the economic opportunities that that our sector uh, has to offer. Um And so yeah, so those are some of the uh, the things that we're we're pushing uh, for here in Canada. Uh, Canada does continue to be um, viewed as one of the prime destinations to explore in mind. Uh, but that being said, you know, there's still quite a number of things that we could be doing here in the country to uh, to, to make Canada much more competitive and make make Canada much more uh, attractive uh, as a place to explore and mine.
0: Felix, as I mentioned in my introduction, one of the things I appreciate most about the PDAC convention is the global feel and the the global vibe that you get when you are there. So for a Western investor, or I should say a North American investor like myself, as you look worldwide in the mining sector, are there any mining jurisdictions that perhaps you think North American investors are not paying as much attention to, but perhaps they should start paying more attention to?
1: I have to say that there really aren't very many places in the world that haven't been looked at uh, at one point by uh, Western mining investors uh, or, or, or explorationists, um, especially when we talk about the exploration side of the business. Uh, exploration dollars are quite mobile uh, and jurisdictions, um, I think it's safe to say jurisdictions are continually competing with one another to attract their share of exploration activity and investment. So. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, investors that I, I, uh, I know uh, are constantly scanning, um, the world and, and the countries and, and, uh, and, and, really they're looking at countries, um, they're, they're, looking at quite a number of key factors, uh, when it comes to where they decide to ultimately put their money. So such things as government, uh, government policy. Uh, government regulation, uh, the regulatory environment, um, things such as uh, sort of environmental permitting, uh, taxation, uh, the lack of infrastructure, the infrastructure, or lack thereof, um, the ability to access land and, and land title are all factors that that, uh, that um, uh, will 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 be considered by an investor when it comes to deciding where to put their uh, put their put their uh, investment dollars. Um, and so these things change, uh, constantly within countries. And, uh, and so, uh, one day a particular country might be very attractive, uh, and, uh, not long after it, it becomes unattractive and, uh, and, and, and the expiration dollars move elsewhere. Uh, and so, um, I guess to answer your question, to come back to your question, are there any rising mining jurisdictions? Uh, I would say, um, pretty much, Russian investors uh, are quite familiar with most of the mining uh, mining countries that are out there, uh, and are constantly uh, uh, carefully looking at uh, each of these countries uh, and, and gauging, uh, you know, just how attractive uh, these countries are uh, in both the short and long term as a place to put put investment dollars. So. Um, it's with this in mind that uh, you know PDAC's advocacy efforts are um, always geared towards trying to ensure Canada uh, remains competitive on the world stage when it comes to uh, to, to mining and, and mineral exploration, and ensuring that uh, we retain our fair share uh, of those exploration mining dollars. Um, and so, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're always pushing the government. Uh, here in Canada, to uh, to, to make investments uh, in such things as infrastructure in the north, uh, uh, making investments in Indigenous communities, uh, so as to allow them to participate in a much more meaningful way uh, in our industry. Uh, and these things can change very quickly. They can uh, they can make Canada very competitive, um, or they can make Canada. Uh, just slightly that less competitive and the exploration dollars will go elsewhere.
0: With uh, this upcoming convention in about uh, two months in Toronto, downtown Toronto, uh, what are the unique things about this year's conventions that mining investors could look forward to?
1: Well, I would say for the benefit of your listeners, uh, you know, the convention uh, is is quite an extraordinary event. It uh, is, as you said earlier, uh, the world's largest uh, or the world's premier mineral exploration and mining show. Uh, And there's pretty much everything for for everyone at this show. Uh, We did have just a little over 25,000 attendees uh, last year from 135 countries with about 35, I think about uh, 35 countries represented with sizable government delegations uh, here. Uh, And so um, the sheer size is ultimately what makes uh, the show unique. And I think, uh, of interest, uh, perhaps to your to your listeners. Uh, so you have all the companies themselves, uh, exploration companies that are attending. So, you know, if it, if if one of your investors is interested in a particular company or a particular geographic uh, uh, locale um, or a geological environment, uh, chances are you're going to be able to find companies that are working in those places uh, and have the chance to speak with them. Um, if there are countries that uh, or geographical locales that uh, that your investors perhaps are interested in, uh, those countries are represented, uh, and we'll have a booth at the convention as well, so you can actually collect or gather information on the countries, uh, speak to representatives from those countries, uh, and uh, and and learn about um, uh, you know whether or not this is a place that uh, that you'd like to invest in. Uh, additionally. Um, The convention has a whole number of programs uh, focused on uh, the various areas of concern uh, impacting uh, our industry sector. So um, there's the capital markets program. So concerns with respect to uh, to mineral financing or new trends or developments uh, concerning mineral financing uh, will be covered under the capital markets program. Uh, we have a sustainability program. We have an indigenous program. Uh, we also have a sizable uh, student program, uh, and so we have about 1,600 students uh, from around the world that attend the conference every year. Um, so it's it's a it's a it's a great time. It's a great uh, opportunity uh, to um, to try and uh, you know learn uh, as an investor about uh, what's going on in the industry. Uh, where the uh, where the hotbeds of activity are, as well as perhaps get a better feel or sense uh, of of the uh, the issues that the uh, the industry is uh, is dealing with and and how they're dealing with it. Um, and you know last but not least, uh, given that the twenty five thousand people there, uh, the chances are you're gonna you're gonna run into like-minded investors uh, that you can trade most with. so this is this speaks to the networking that uh, that you uh, alluded to earlier. Uh, you know, networking, networking, networking. Uh, the show is is a, is a terrific time to uh, to meet like-minded investors, uh, people who share uh, your interests in a particular country or company or geographical location. Um, so there, you know, there's something uh, in the convention for everyone.
0: I will be at the convention, and it is upcoming March 1st through 4th in downtown Toronto. Website, again, is pdac.ca forward slash convention, and there is a link in the show description below. Well, Felix, thank you for your time today and uh, giving us an overview of the mineral exploration industry and what to expect at this upcoming conference. Thank you. Thank you, Bob.